You're listening to K&J Recaps. Welcome back to K&J Recaps. We are here recapping Westworld Season 2, Episode 2, Reunion. I am Jess. I am Kim. Kim, so my favorite Reddit comment of this entire episode was someone who's like, yeah, my wife watched this episode and she's like, this is the most linear, straightforward episode we've ever had, which means I have no idea what's going on whatsoever. (laughs) I was like, so true. Like, I am so confident in my, like, knowing what happened in this episode. So I anticipate everyone being like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like, we don't trust ourselves at this point. Like, everything that seems pretty straightforward, we're like, this can't be it. There's there's it's layers like... upon layers. This is Westworld. So I found this episode to be, like, really interesting in how right? different it was. I Me mean, we had too. a cold yeah. open. We've never had a cold open before. The cold open yeah. happened to be pre-park, which I think is no coincidence. Everything that we've had thus far has been, you know, in the creation of the park, inside the park. But this, for the first time, is in the outside world. Uh, and it just kind of felt appropriate to me that it was in a cold open for the first time ever. It felt so weird to see Dolores in these like modern clothes. Oh, there was so a, cool. It felt yeah. like I think intentionally jarring at points. Yeah. Yes, and uh, totally agree. And I, I, I do love me a good backstory. So I mean, this episode was incredibly gratifying for those of us who are like, "What the fuck happened between you know William and Man in Black?" But yes. um, but even in addition to that, like I again shout out to Evan Rachel Wood, those scenes of her walking through this city where it's like she is both at one point a robot and not a robot. I'm just like, yeah. how in your walk are you conveying I everything know. that I think about you? I'm just so impressed. So. I know, and Tallulah Riley too. I think did an excellent yes, job, especially excellent job. You're right in that scene with Logan, yeah. where she just stands in such a way where he yes. sees her across the room, and you can tell just in her stance that Logan has recognized sort of a very subtle a difference. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like just although like, he hasn't realized that he's so completely surrounded by them that's an immensely impactful scene so i know um, oh, i yeah. love this show it's so good <laughs> um i did yeah. i did just um uh, listeners i just told jess that like we're recording a little later than usual because no big deal jess was just like out for dinner with an uh east coast canadian music if you were an East Coast Canadian, you would be very impressed. If you're everyone else, you'd be like, I've never heard of that musician before. But yes, exactly. Alan Doyle, can I say? Yeah. Okay, well, um, if you're Canadian, then you're very impressed that Jess just had dinner with him and not me. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we had a little bit of extra time, and I spent that time beautiful-minding with, like, uh, diagrams and chicken scratch of like theories reddit scrolling i hope i'm not overhyping it and people are really disappointed in you this guys theory this is, i'm gonna throw out there kim has like... solved westworld in episode two so she even <laughs> oh before God. we got on the phone was like uh we have i've read string all over my house right now <laughs> so, i have like four pages of notes if you guys hear a lot of rustling it's like me furiously trying to find in my note where i wrote like an in decipherable like message to myself that I probably won't even be able to read this is gonna be amazing so we are gonna dive into that we are gonna do a super brief recap once again 
please have watched the episode before you listen to this. Um, <laughs> and also, let us know what you think at kgrecaps.com slash Westworld because it is this show, the whole joy in this show is trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Like, I just, I, this is the, if you're not enjoying that part of it, you're probably not enjoying the show because the whole show is trying to do that to you. And, um, uh, side yeah. note, Jess, are you, did you watch Lost? Yes. Yes. I didn't. I didn't watch Lost, but I have been hearing and reading a lot of people say like that this reminds them a lot of Lost in the um, like theorizing and the fun of trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, but I mean, like I know about the ending of Lost and I feel like Westworld. Right. Like the flaw mistake. with Lost <laughs> is that it didn't pay off its decision making, which J.J. Abrams' involvement in... Uh, Star Wars, please discuss. I look forward to your emails. Um, but it definitely, like, I feel like Westworld has done a better job of everything paying off, which I want to get yeah. to, even in casting decisions, which I'm so amazed by. So, um, I, you know, nothing, like Reddit continually says, like, nothing in this show is an accident. And that's a truly remarkable way to run a show, a script, you know, casting decisions, et cetera. So uh, yeah. it is kind of remarkable. But you're right. It is it is lost like in its just where it can take you in a rabbit hole. Like, I think I actually dreamed about it all of last night. <laughs> like, I watched, I watched, you know, I kept like waking up with these like kind of like half formed ideas. Do you know where so, you are, Jess? I'm in a dream. I, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so before we get too far, we are going to do a really quick recap, and then we're going to dive into Kim's um, four pages of theories, and then we're going <laughs> to have a couple more discussion questions. So essentially, to recap, we kind of dealt in three slash four timelines. I will caveat this with, I look forward to your emails in disagreement, but I think this is kind of a generally accepted theory of what the timelines were like throughout this episode. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the kind of current day post-park uprising. We have woke Teddy who realizes what he is. Um, he and Dolores interrogate Westworld employees to find out how they may be kind of attacked. They end up approaching the Confederados to increase their numbers. They ultimately convince them when Dolores shows them that they can be resurrected very powerfully. Um, the Confederados are ultimately trying to reach glory. Do Dolores flashes back to a time with William where he shows her the location of the weapon, quote unquote definitely going to be discussed further um and at that same point in time the men in black slash william uh is trying to find his way through this new game that robert introduced he collects lawrence which i'm really happy about because i love lawrence uh Yay. he tries he tries to recruit more help but in an immensely powerful scene robert has foreseen this uh and all of the hosts he's trying to recruit kill themselves which is like Yes. Pretty and we get yes. to see a much more convincing Elazo than Lawrence himself was in a past storyline. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> um, I love that moment. He's like, you were this guy. Yeah. I can't remember the actor's name, but that's Gus Fring from uh, Breaking exactly. Bad. Uh, who, yeah. yes, was like terrifying yeah. in this <laughs> he role. Was excellent in that role. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so then timeline B is pre-Delos investment. So from everything I've read, roughly 35 years ago, if you're following the timeline, um, and this is where Logan is approached in a bar to get a demonstration of a secret new technology. And we have this amazing scene where his mind is 
totally blown um, with Angela kind of running the demonstration. Of course, the entire demonstration is run by hosts. We even see Clementine playing piano, which is awesome. Um, and in that same timeline, Arnold takes Dolores into the real world. So he says that she's not ready and we'll have the other one do it. This is clearly Angela who takes over the demonstration. And at the same time, Arnold takes Dolores to the house that he's building for his family, which at that point includes his alive son, Charlie, who we know does not uh, survive. Uh, and then finally, timeline, what I'm calling C slash D, is roughly 30 and 25 years ago. The first uh, the first one is William's interactions with Jim Delos, which is Logan's dad. After he has visited the park, everything we saw in season one, he makes the case to Jim Delos that the value in the park is its marketing potential, you know, Facebook 2.0, knowing what everyone truly wants to do. Uh, and then, of course, we go five years forward from that. We see William's kid and wife. It's at Jim's retirement. Jim seems ill. Um, Dolores is playing piano at that event. And he is take William is taking over as heir apparent for Delos. And Logan is shooting up in the garden, um, talking about how this party is like Nero celebrating while Rome burns. So those are kind of the key yes. scenes that we took out of this. So, okay, Kim, please. I am very excited. Uh, let's talk theories and discussion. Okay. So um, <laughs> that this is going to be a jumbled mess, you guys. I'm so sorry. I have so much going around in my brain. But ultimately what it boils down to, and we can, through discussion, um, kind of get into more details. But ultimately, I feel like Delos's larger plan is potentially curing people or preventing right. death by a transfer of consciousness into interesting yeah into hosts right so like um i have reasons why i think this is uh that's the case that we can discuss uh as we go but then i think that there is the secondary um potential that when jim delos and William are talking about determining what it is that people really want. It isn't for target marketing in terms of what they can sell people, but it is um, potentially determining what people actually like who they want to be and who the Delos can make them into. So like there's a lot of comments in here about William saying that like the host the hosts in the park are like a mirror. It's not about the hosts, it's about the guests themselves. And that everybody's going to want a little piece of what William got in there, which was the opportunity to kind of like be who he truly is or whatever. So like, um, I think that there is kind of two parts to this theory of what the larger picture okay. of Delos is. Both of it involving sort of like um, remaking sort of people remaking nature uh, as it was born into what we want to be, what we want to become, our truer desires, and also like uh, making people somewhat um, like, I don't know if invincible is the right word, but like free of sickness and illness through the use of hosts and their transfer Which I think there's... So there's very good evidence for what you're talking about. Um, I know. So, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. 
because so the things that come to mind for me immediately are in last season there was an excellent reference to basically people you know not succumbing to illness anymore right exactly yeah uh ford Ford says in episode one we have slipped evolution's leash we can cure anything we can keep even the weakest of us of dying from dying and perhaps one day we can even raise the dead call forth lazarus from his cave and so like that definitely you know um yes i think could be interpreted to be uh, evidence in this case and then also like Delos himself Jim Delos himself yep. is sick in this and he has the conversation with Correct. William where he says that he might not have to step down after all and William says well things are progressing but we have to be patient you know like is that the potential that they're on the cusp of like you know breaking through this technology to be able to potentially save uh, him and maybe they don't make it in time I'm not sure but like that could be something else that is evidence for the whole curing of of people by using hosts in some way completely i think this is a really excellent point kim and um and we do see so yes jim delos i saw like an awesome comment was like ominously coughs in his retirement party (laughs) aka indicating he's clearly dying uh but you're right like there's some sort of um there's an illness there uh and then you know by the end i love this scene where the man in black you know punches through like a random board in the wall and pulls out a first aid kit which allows him to fully cure his bullet wounds Um, yes which you know indicating that 35 years in the future like uk also which is a point that you made kim in the last uh our last recap in episode one which was that i wish i was more excited about that but here's the thing I totally forgot that in season one, Sylvester had like his throat slashed and this thing was used to cure him. <laughs> Which I saw too, but I was like, but see, people are still confused about this. So like, I really think that you, like I hadn't thought of it. And I think this is an excellent point. You're right. Sylvester, I read that again too. And Sylvester was cured from having his throat slashed. So yes, the point being that we have amazing curing abilities that I think evidently we're not available 25 slash 30 years in the past and when we're dealing with that previous timeline um and that this kind of like you know longevity is coming from delos you know initiatives that come out of the host like there's no coincidence the fact that delos is responsible for these technology technological advancements and has purchased the park with the host technology right? right like that is those are fully integrated And also, when at that same party, at the retirement party, when Dolores goes outside and finds Logan, who didn't die naked on a horse in the park. No, he didn't. um, But he's a drug addict now, so like still in a shitty, (laughs) shitty spot. Uh, But so uh, Logan's comments are that what they're celebrating in there is the end of the species and that they lit the match themselves. And he says, may your forever be blissfully short. So all of which I also thought was kind of related to if they, if he is like, strangely the only one who's seeing the implications of having essentially host bodies who are carrying around you know human consciousness that they are evolving the human species into something where they are no longer sort of um recognizably different from the hosts themselves and if you know a host has sentient consciousness and the only difference is that they have um a pearl uh which 
like a pearl brain, which I called last episode white ball brain, <laughs> which is apparently called a pearl. Um, then, you know, it's, it like m- makes it a whole lot harder to distinguish between humans and hosts if everyone has one of those brains in their head and everything else is just flesh and bone, right? Totally. And I love this oh idea. God. So once you can transfer consciousness, which I think is so interesting. So yes, white pearl... Brita filter brain, whatever we're oh going to call that. Can I just say one more thing? I'm like, yes. I'm bursting at the seams. Oh my God. Okay. So <laughs> when the man in black and Lawrence uh, are talking about judgment and he has to go do his thing, you know, like he has to appeal his verdict yep. and all the stuff. We can talk more about that later, but I just have to point out since we're talking about the pearls right now that Lawrence says to the man in black, you want to go to the pearly gates? Don't you have to die to do that? The pearly gates! Right. So I've also seen, okay, related but not related, a lot of commentary, which I think is is with imagery about, okay, so maybe we, <laughs> maybe we can talk about this too, but like, so William is in this game um, and imagery of what the gates are to get into Westworld so those go back to last season which is where you know William came through with Angela of course um and there's these kind of like gates to get into the park and that gets you on the train blah 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 and like that those gates are like ultimately kind of what he is seeking I I think you're super onto something with like gate pearl brain consciousness you know what I mean like Dolores is God like there's something that ties all of those things in yes. together. Um, oh my God, can I know, tell you broadly, more? But yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Get into the multiple pages here, Kim. Yes. Okay, so the weapon yes. is the okay, ability the to change consciousness. Right. And the bodies that are left floating at the end is just the discarded host bodies because they have moved into new forms and they're, they're going to leave the park. See, I really like this. I had not thought of that at all. Um, But I, okay, so let's, yes, the weapon is the new metaphor like the maze was last season. Of course, last season we had disagreements as to whether it was a literal or physical maze. It clearly turned out to be literal. I very much am in the camp that the weapon now is literal. Um, And so we see this under construction area that William shows Dolores. So is your thought that so it's like a the location is being built essentially? Like is that the idea? I'm getting sort of like a little bit more crackpot theory as we go. But so essentially what I was looking at this as was so either A, what um William is showing Dolores is ultimately a symbol where um, through the use of technology, we are reshaping and remodeling nature into the form that we want, into the, right. like, the perfect form and whatever, so that it is not literally like we're looking at the weapon. It is a symbol of the weapon, which is not tangible. It's like the ability to um change consciousness or like change bodies or whatever you want to call it um or b it is like literally this and they're either like building the location of it or potentially the terraforming um like technology itself is what he's talking about and that is completely unrelated to this theory that i just mentioned and instead (laughs) you know like 
Dolores is looking at the terraforming equipment as a weapon so that they can like literally use it to like flood the valley or um I don't know make a bridge between Westworld the island and Westworld or an, and the mainland or whatever you know like maybe that what do you think about this weapon yeah like, I think I'm kind of like halfway with your theories because i i do think that they are constructing something that is ultimately i i think that the weapon is related to data and not that it's necessarily just like simply marketing data to like better be able to mine the ads that we should show you based on what you did in westworld like i think that could be entire like dna strands or or possibly consciousness i like i don't really know if i've I've thought it through enough, but like, I think that it's essentially like a center, you know, to hold that much data, you'd have to have some sort of like location. Um, and that, that, that's kind of like this location that he was building, which was this like protected warehouse of all of this information and how that's planned on being used. I guess I don't kind of fully know, um, but that that's kind of what everybody's referencing and everyone is trying to get to the exact same location and they all call it different things yeah yes like I could absolutely see that too I mean I feel like I'm kind of so wrapped up in this uh you know tin foil hat theory that I'm okay so so what about the fact so the man in black um you know we see the scene where William shows Dolores you know this location under construction with the earth movers like you're talking about and then we also get the scene where the man in black who is also William, um, you know, referencing it as his greatest mistake. Like, what does that kind of feed into your theory in the terms of his, like, regret related to it? Or how does so, that, like, kind of play a part? There is I literally just heard a... paper shuffling, you guys. I don't know if you can hear this on oh Kim's microphone. Oh, guys, but, like, let me, let me reference my notes. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Okay, I'm like a little bit muddied on that. But okay, there is this, the scene, it's the same one that I just mentioned where the man in black and Lawrence are talking at the bar. Yes. It's it's right after he has healed his wounds. And so he's talking about, we were watching them. We were tallying all their sins, all of their choices. But of course, judgment wasn't the point. We had something else in mind. So I've already talked a little bit about like how I ultimately think that they were using all of these um uh, things that they were learning about the how the guests to be able to like sell them on this life they could create for them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he so when he goes on to say, I have received my judgment all the same and I take issue with it because up until this point, there hasn't the stakes haven't been real. So I'm going to fight my way back and appeal the verdict and then I'm going to burn this place to the ground. So this is my theory about the man in black and his overarching um, like arc his his drive is um because i think that um the the man in black resents the park because he feels that the park has made him into a man that he was not supposed to be and that ultimately even though he's talking about this place is a mirror and it shows you who you truly are the fact that there were no consequences the fact that they could do whatever they want without repercussions made people into something that they weren't and so like he i think feels like he went down this dark path because the the park itself led him there by being completely like tailored to allow for people's worst, darkest impulses to come to the surface. But there are real consequences when he 
leaves the park and goes out into the real world. And a big consequence that could have been from this is the suicide of his wife. And so like ultimately when he says that I'm going to fight my way back and when Ford says that this game is, is supposed to bring him back to his beginning, I think that he has gone out of his way to solve the maze to make the stakes real because only when there are consequences will people truly act the way, you know, that, um, that I don't know, like the right. way that like they, they really like are. Take, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like the fact I that do. there are no consequences isn't true to real life. So even right. though it's a mirror and it shows you who you truly are, it, there isn't, you know, people are still going to suffer consequences when you leave the park and you're that person that the park made you. I think that that's okay. So I think that that's a really excellent point because I think you're right. The, first of all, the man in black is thrilled that there are now real consequences to your actions, right? Like we've seen that for three episodes now because it started in the finale of last season where he is happy that gunshots mean real things and like the, the right. rules are changing. And when storylines play their way out beyond what the park had originally ante- anticipated that things are happening. So I, I totally. And I think the only place where maybe I diverge from your theory, Kim, is just like we have these these kind of really interesting, seemingly meaningful glances throughout this episode. So one of the ones that really struck me and I don't think I included it in our discussion points, was the point where Dolores is playing piano at Jim Dellis's uh, retirement party and she makes eye contact with William and she clearly has a reaction. And like a truly robotic programmed entity would not, in my mind, necessarily react. Essentially what looks like almost like a former lover arriving at And then she plays the man I love. I mean, right, like, exactly. And then she plays yes. this Gershwin piece, you're right, where the lyrics, you know, totally speak to their relationship and like interacts with his wife and the but whole I guess thing. I don't, so, yeah. I don't understand. Uh, sorry, I'm cutting you off. You're, but I no, don't no. understand how that's diverging. Okay, so sorry. So I was thinking like, so it's like, okay, maybe what's motivating the man in black is that, you know, it's not real or like these other motivations, whereas like and the mirror reflecting, um, which he says to Dolores, he's like, I can't believe I've ever loved you. You're just a mirror that reflects, you know, what the person truly wants. But I don't believe that. Like, I think they had something real on the train in season one. And I think he is saying those things to try and like justify those things to himself when he was dealing with like a what I think is possibly a truly sentient Dolores and felt real emotions. And so it's not so much that he's dealing with like the death of his wife, you know, from suicide. It's like how to deal with the fact that you think you had something real and then it turns out to be fake, but maybe it actually was real. Does that make any sense? I, I Yeah, it absolutely does. And I don't necessarily think that we differ in that because I agree okay. that they had something real. All the points that you were making, I had those in my notes as well about like there was definitely something there in terms of like a recognition of William and like this crestfallen look when he she sees right. William with his wife and whatever. So we're in complete agreement. And I, I think that ultimately what, what I'm thinking is that William just simply does not recognize that there was okay so you know especially in that scene where he has that that you know she is in the like 
interrogation room. She's naked the first time that we see, like, you know, he is treating her like a thing. And he says that to her, you really are just a thing. He has this resentment towards her, I think, because he does not recognize that there were any real feelings on her side. He doesn't believe that that could possibly be true. And so I think that that is what really spurred him to become this uh man in black right and uh i think that when he's talking about a mirror i i didn't take it to be that he felt like the hosts were simply just being what they needed them to be i thought that he was talking about a mirror in that being in the park and interacting with the hosts shows the guests who they really are deep down their darkest most secret and hidden desires you know what i mean less less that you know Dolores is simply a mirror who is going to give the guest whatever it is she recognized they not recognizes they want from her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think it, yes, yes. I think we're very, very much on the same page. And so it's yeah. I think I was just thinking of it as like you know he says that to try and justify how she is just a thing. Where it's like you know no, William. I think you actually did have something real there. Yeah, and so she wasn't exactly. just a mirror. She was like a. A person who could, you know, I mean, now to get like hilariously deep, like maybe a true partner is someone who reflects you, you know what I mean? But like in not a, not a marketing and, and constructed kind of way. And so he is just justifying that to make it all work out in his but, but then I think that ultimately that is going to be the climax of right. this new storyline that he is in with Ford. I think Dolores is going to play a large part of that. And I think that yeah. a final realization that he did have something weird with Dolores is going to be the beginning that Ford is talking about to say, like, the end of this new game is going to be where you were in the beginning. And I think that that is going to be, you know, somehow related to Dolores. And... um you know, like, so there's, uh, I don't know that I really answered your question about how he's saying, like, the weapon is his greatest um, mistake or regret or whatever it is that he said. But, like, ultimately, I was thinking in a sort of unformed way that maybe it's his involvement of the host technology and, you know, pushing people towards using the hosts and these various, you know, larger scheme ways that he's just, like, regretting the potential that the hosts are like maybe out in the real world in some way or that the host technology is at at some at in some way at least but I don't know that's not super formed but either way I feel like it's like there's something like I do think it relates back to Logan like I think William as the man in black at the end would agree with Logan shooting up at the party you know like i think his regret is related to the fact that is it is the end of human civilization exactly we can't tell anymore who's a host and who's a human and at that point did you ever did you ever watch the remake of um battlestar galactica no i didn't with with edward james almost like okay it was an excellent show with a super unfortunate name uh because i think that it turns some people off who like because think it's just, just yeah. gonna be like way too out there or whatever but it was a really good show people should check it out but ultimately it's very similar in that um so the alien race they're called cylons and they have developed to the point that they are able to blend imperceptibly with you know with with humans so nobody knows who's a human and who isn't right and some of the Cylons are enemies who are you know laying in wait 
And some of the Cylons don't even know that they're Cylons themselves. And they are simply living a life that they believe to be human until, you know, something happens that they discover their true nature. I mean, that could be happening out there in the real world right now. Like, if there is this technology in the park, how could there not be at least one single host somewhere in the world outside the park, you know? I don't know. No, I completely um, agree. I think that I think that's totally it's a great comment like um uh comparison because it it is that. It's like it's uh okay, so this actually maybe translates into a very different discussion point. Um but I did have this written down, which is this whole question of host consciousness. So we are kind of seeing different degrees of it throughout the park and throughout different characters. So you know, in the end of the last season, it seemed like kind of the, all of the hosts had woken up. There was this code piece. You know, Teddy is shown his his data about him dying over and over again. I know. And he doesn't, Poor Teddy. Like, even with the episodes where Teddy doesn't die, he still dies. So that <laughs> in this episode again. But, you know, he doesn't respond like Bernard did in last season where it's like, this doesn't look like anything to me. He actually can absorb the fact that that's him and, you know, that makes like woke Teddy. Um, But the Confederados and like others are just kind of like playing out their loops, like Ford references. Like, what's the difference here in host consciousness? Like, why are we seeing different degrees of it? So, uh, okay, so like ultimately the way that I took this is that I think that Maeve and Dolores are sort of obvious um, outliers. And so we can circle back to them. But for the remainder of the hosts, I think that it is the ability to learn and evolve. So ultimately, you know, if they have something new that's pointed out to them, they can absorb that information. We saw it with Lawrence. We saw it with Teddy. Yeah. So like, for instance, when the man in black um, punches out the wall and takes out the first aid kit, all of the hosts, all of the hosts notice and Lawrence asks, what's that? But when they they before that they were, you know, quote unquote woke, they would have just ignored it or said that doesn't look like anything to me. So ultimately, I think that like characters are still in place and storylines are still in place, but the loop is gone. So the man in black says to the new El Lazo, he says like the narrative that you're living out has ended, but like, you know, there's more, you know, fight for you to whatever. I don't know. But ultimately I I, like, I really do think that like they reached the end of the loop and then they kept going. They didn't restart. So they're able to now, you know, like, they're still inhabiting the same characters and they still have the same memory. They don't seem to have a memories of themselves being killed and, you know, living past lives the way that Maeve and Dolores seem to. That's a great point. Like I, you're, yeah, I think uh, you should go on Reddit and post that point because I think like, I haven't thought of it that concisely. I think that's really excellent. Like I was kind of confused as to why this was happening, but you're right. The people who have been pointed out things then absorb it and react. And we see that with the Confederados. We see it with whomever. I'm interested in seeing how Ghost Nation kind of factors into this. Um, And then you're absolutely right that those who were kind of like present for being woken up are going through with it. So if I can, yeah, then take that to this Dolores and Maeve interaction, which is fascinating to me. Um, It was, it was bizarre. It was like, it was like two different shows. Complete. 
television shows. I completely agree. It's like when you when when like Family Guy and The Simpsons do a crossover, and you're like, Ugh. yes, you're like, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> yeah. So they what do you think? Even seem like, to belong in the same world anymore. Agreed. Yeah. Um. And so ultimately, I mean, there is this is a Reddit theory that is going around, and I'm inclined to believe it, which is that I think that Maeve is truly woke. And that Dolores might still be playing out Ford's storyline. I agree. I love this theory. And like, I think, I yeah, I totally love this. And I think when Maeve says, basically, you're going to let us pass. Like she says something else. But like, you know, and especially on the, I rewatched it twice after that, after reading that theory. They really do move to the side and take her suggestion so, you know, emphatically and literally, it just yes. kind of like feels like she is still controlling them, which means that yeah. she is the only truly conscious one. Yeah, I mean, like, I I think that um, Dolores truly remembers everything. I think that Dolores right. um, yes, is I agree. truly self-aware, if you will. Uh, but I think that she is self-aware to the point that Ford made her so. And that ultimately, like, it was the um, the larger game for William to play that is going to be her sort of grand, um, you know, finale that is going to come to a head with William. That theory doesn't super align with my big tinfoil hat theory though <laughs> because like I mean I don't it's just layers upon layers I can't yeah. even keep them all straight because ultimately if um if the bodies at the end of the um at, at the end of episode one was a result of like consciousness of the hosts being transferred into other bodies for them to leave the park or something to that effect, which could be just completely wrong. But, you know, if that were the case, then that wouldn't really jive with this forward storyline thing. But, oh, something else that's interesting is that um, uh, Arnold and Dolores were in that scene in the very beginning, the cold open where Dolores is in yes. the black dress. They're in the real world. There was a flash of that in episode one when Bernard is having flashbacks. So right. does Bernard have Arnold's memories? Arnold's, you're right. Is this like the earliest example of an attempt to, you know, upload consciousness or whatever? So... I mean, clearly we could discuss this into infinity because that is the way that the show is designed. But why don't we, we're going to jump into here points of interest. So Kim, I know after, so what happens is the show airs on Sunday night. We podcast on Monday night and by Tuesday night, there's like even more new amazing theories um, that we haven't, you know, either had a chance to consider or include. So why don't we talk about, I think this relates to maybe Bernard being in a loop, but I love this theory and we did not really cover it in the last episode. So do you want to maybe kind of like quickly recap what that theory is um, that people are talking about? The, is it the multiple like Bernard, Bernard theory? Yeah, how Bernard is in a loop, like what we saw on the beach in episode one may be different than kind of what we originally thought it would be. Yes. Okay. So I'm seeing the like we're seeing a couple of Bernard theories. And I think the one that is kind of irrefutable at this point 
um, is the multiple Bernard theory. And right. um, that's related to the Bernard living in a, in a loop. Um, Poor Bernard. So, <laughs> just, like, I know. So many, yeah. Uh, so a very keen-eyed Redditor, uh, I've seen this in multiple places, so I'm not sure who might have found it originally, but it was ultimately in a trailer that if you took a still in one of the trailers, you could see Charlotte Hale in a room with multiple Bernard hosts. Uh, yeah. There were at least three, and Charlotte is wearing the same shirt that she changed into in episode one. Uh, so... Uh, at some point, she discovers, if she does not know already, that Arnold, sorry, that Bernard is a host and there are many of him. So we're seeing the signs of this in episode one, which becomes much more obvious when, when you're watching it with this theory in mind, <laughs> which is that Bernard, of course, is wearing two different suits in the two timelines, um, yes. the present versus uh, two weeks ago that we saw in episode one. Um, Bernard has a scar on his temple in the two weeks ago when he's with Charlotte, which would have been from shooting himself at the end of season one, which was patched up by Felix. He does not have that scar in the, um, later version, the two weeks later, we see two different angles of him, um, discovering the tiger one wearing suit number one one wearing suit number two there's also like the bernard is in a loop theory which is evidenced by uh we see the same hosts being executed yes. twice in the first and episode that, um oh my god i can't remember his name um uh steven the Ogg? Guy, the, yeah steven Ogg's character yeah um, uh rebus Thank you. Rebus is like behaving one way in kind of one loop and then defending the women in another loop. Like he, he his behavior changes too, right? Yeah. Um, and we see the same hosts being executed in the head in the same couple like span of time. So yeah, I love that so, one. So here is my question. If there are multiple Bernards, is that multiple Bernards simultaneously or is consciousness being changed from one to the other and that it is the same Bernard who is m occupying more than one body? One body gets, you know, right. shot, in the, shot in the head and so that he goes yeah. into another body. Do you know what I mean? Or are yeah, there totally. multiple at the same time? I don't know. I don't know. Like, yes. Excellent questions. And I mean, I, I've seen like the theory that like they're waking him up. They know that he's a host. And so they're waking him up multiple times to try and see if they can get different stuff out of him. So maybe they're changing something slightly each time, but they can't seem to like get at whatever they're trying to get at in like his, you know, pearl brain thing. I don't know. Right. I'm uh, I think it all leads to really interesting questions uh, about what Bernard is going to mean for this season, but yeah. Right. And then like, um, there is the other prominent theory that I've been seeing on Reddit is the like host's ability to change bodies, which obviously is integral to my theory. Um, so like the ability to right. like take a pearl out and put it in any other host body and have that consciousness be, you know, be able to just occupy that body with no issue. Yes, which, I mean, clearly will incredibly mess with us if it is the case. And, um, <laughs> and like, why yeah. wouldn't it be? It clearly is very easy to take it out and put it in. So, um, 
so yeah, so these are some of the theories that I think kind of came out between last week and this week, and we'll continue to monitor these the theories after this week heading into episode three. Um, yes. I mean, I think like that covers kind of the bulk of it. The only other point of interest I wanted to raise because I just was so amazed by this. Um, and maybe you guys have seen this, but essentially, so last season, the only time we saw William's wife was in this little picture of her in Times Square. Um, yes. And it was a Redditor who, of course, saw that that is actually a publicly available stock image that they had, <laughs> like HBO had used of this woman standing in Times Square. Well, it turns out the woman in that picture is Claire Unabia, if I'm pronouncing her name right, who was a season 10 contestant on America's Next Top Model. And they fucking cast her as his actual <laughs> wife in season so two. Amazing. Like, I just like, what an accomplishment. Westworld, I just take my hat off to you. Like, I am just so amazed by that. Like, she had no idea her picture was going to be used in season one. And I then know. they just happened to cast her to find, like, they could have recast it. Any other show would have just, like, chosen a woman who looked like her. No, no, no. Westworld yeah. tracks down the actual Not person. Westworld. Yeah. And yeah. they cast her as his wife. And she was perfect. Like, she was perfectly distant. Yeah. And, like, Pissed she off. That she Dolores wasn't happy was with there. William. She made that abundantly clear. <laughs> exactly. It was like, uh, it was excellent. So, yeah. Okay, before we go, I do have one last thing that I just want to point out, which is sort of like okay. not a theory, just a general theme, which um, there were a lot of themes of like judgment, God, a higher yes, power. Um, definitely. A lot of like religious contests. We we even had like a Last Supper that where everybody yes! was killed and we, then we resurrected. We haven't talked about. You're right. Like so iconic <laughs> like... that you can't miss it. Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. I mean, like it was a dead like Last Supper sort of like giveaway because everyone was eating on only one side of the table. Like people don't really eat that way. <laughs> Nobody does that unless you're getting married and it's your head table. That is yeah, the exactly. only time when exactly. it's a Last Supper scenario. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, so like there were a lot of like discussions of like judgment and who is watching and whatever, um, including when Dolores says that uh, that she killed God, which yes is Ford uh, for sure. But like so, the reason why I wanted to make sure we pointed it out is because in all of these very sort of like religious sounding um, symbolic discussions, the use of the Valley Beyond and glory were kind of used in the place of where the afterlife or heaven would have been used in that same discussion. If you were talking about like Christianity or any of the religions that we're familiar with. Right. So like, is the Valley beyond a physical place or is the Valley beyond like a sort of like a state of mind? You know, that's a question that I don't have an answer for, of course, or, or is like the Valley beyond kind of both where it is like, a new life, a rebirth, which is in the context of Westworld, a life in the real world or a life, you know, amongst humans or whatever. No, I really, I, uh, I really like that. And I, I mean, I think at this point, episode two, uh, I am inclined to think of it as a physical place, but I, I think I tend toward the literal and this show constantly drags me back towards the metaphorical. So I am very excited to be told, no, no, you are completely wrong. Uh, and I will watch for that, <laughs> that, uh, 
that for future episodes. But I just I I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I always enjoy a Westworld episode, but like this one just gave me um kind of so much to grab onto and like but was not mind-bendingly complicated in terms of its timelines. You know what I mean? Like, yes, <laughs> like, I, like, I kind of see where we are right now. I am winning <laughs> Westworld. Like, that is amazing. Um, oh, my God. I can't stop thinking about it. This show, it makes my brain go a million miles a minute, and we could talk yeah. about it all day forever. But I agree. Like, this was... I just, um, like, if you have listened to this point in this podcast, like, tell your friends to watch this show. Like, I just... I, I am shocked it's not – it's big, but it's not as big as, like, I would expect it to be. And I just, like, I love it. And I love discussing these ideas and theories. And um, I just think, like, this is the whole joy of it. And, of course, if this is – if you do not get joy out of this part of it, you probably don't like the show uh, and or should wait until the entire season is over and you can just, like, binge watch yes. 10 episodes of it. That's, <laughs> oh, that but, is like, the thing. And the people that I talk yeah. to about this show is that it is polarizing because there are some yes, people who are fine with not knowing um, and enjoy all of the theories and speculation. And then there are others who that's just not their just cup of tea. Know. They just yeah. want to, like, you know, they don't have to be fed all the answers right away, but they don't want to have to, like you know, kind of um, chew on it, like, all yeah, week and just like to kind of get it. to the heart of what the, it is sure. that they're, you know what I mean? So I guess it's just, like, a bit of a difference in people's preferences. But I have found that people who don't like the, you know, all of the speculating and stuff, do they do enjoy it a lot more on a binge watch. Yes. That's what I said. Yeah. I said to people who said that they couldn't stand it, I'm like, I think you should try it again, binging. Um, and then I just, but I, like, even if we recorded this show, Kim, between Sunday night and Monday night, I think we would have a different conversation because, like, I need at least the 24 hours to be like, here's what I really think. Oh, I know. And also to watch and it then again, you know? Even still, of yeah. co- like, you know, by Wednesday, I have oh, all yeah. new and different <laughs> things that I want to talk about. It's just That's like, right. I really, like, <laughs> ultimately, my goal, my only goal in podcasting is to someday be able to, like, like if we could get to a point where we could get a screener <laughs> i mean like please god let us that see is a whole I know. like that is a yeah. whole giant uh vanity fair you know, if you're listening just hire wish. us and we'll <laughs> yeah, exactly that's all we'll we need but like um i i all i can think about is like imagine if we had a whole week with an episode no, to can't. just like chew on it it would be the best thing in life yep agreed because this is really really hard <laughs> so, yeah so okay if you guys have comments on these ideas thoughts theories if you want to bring to light other ideas please dude let us know kjrecaps.com slash westworld um or let us know on facebook and twitter kjrecaps and i don't know uh we'll just continue plugging away at uh you know episode two coming up on episode three uh, but in the meantime, Kim, I am very happy with our dissection to this point. So we'll see. By episode five, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, shit. We're, we're oh, yeah. Gonna we're going to throw this, these yeah. theories in the garbage in an episode or two, I'm sure. But it's fun <laughs> so to theorize. Right in episode two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Kim. And thank you, Jeff. Bye. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.